don't give up. Don't worry about being last. My motto is always just finish without injury or death. My bar was low. Diz Runs Radio, episode 1186, starts in three, two, Welcome back to Diz Runs Radio, where I talk with runners from all corners of the running world about running, life, and everything in between. I'm your host, Denny Cray, and it's just about time to head out the door for an easy run and a great conversation. So if you're ready, then I'm ready. Let's get started. Hey, y'all. Uh, real quick before we dive into today's episode of the show, no proper sponsor today, so I guess I get to be the sponsor today somewhat, and, and by sponsor, I mean remind you about the giveaway that I do each month. Uh, if, you're, if you're new here, maybe it's not a reminder, but those of you that have been around for, I don't know, a minute or 10 minutes or, I don't know, the last nine years that I've been doing the show, we've been doing the giveaway that whole time as well. And basically what the giveaway is, is uh, I pick one person each month to coach for free for 16 weeks, whether that results in, uh, you know, building up to a race, whether that's just 16 weeks of kind of focused attention. And, and maybe you, you just don't have to worry about the logistics for 16 weeks. You just get to show up and run, uh, one way or the other, you get a free training plan, 16 week training plan where I'm your coach and it's nothing half baked. It's nothing. One size fits all. It's nothing recycled. It's literally the exact same level of attention, detail, care, communication as you'd get. If you paid me for it, you just don't have to pay me for it. So it feels like a pretty good deal to me. I don't know. You, you, if it's not your thing, it's not your thing. That's fine. But if you want to have a chance to win it, you got to get in it. And the way to enter your name into the giveaway pick, giveaway pool, giveaway drawing, if you will, disruns.com slash giveaway or on the homepage of disruns.com, there's a box that says, enter me into the drawing. You click the button, you enter into the drawing and uh, bada boom, bada bam. Every month you have a chance to win. You don't have to re-enter. Once you're entered, you're automatically re-entered each month for all of perpetuity or at least as long as whatever this is that I do for a living is still happening. I'll keep picking a winner and uh, your odds are, you know, May your odds always be in your favor, but you always have a chance once you enter once. So if you haven't got your name in the hat yet, uh, get yourself entered. Like I said, disruns.com slash giveaway will get you there. Also on the homepage, disruns.com, hit that blue button and there'll be a little pop-up in your name, in your email address, bada boom, bada bam, you are good to go. Yes, yes, you do have to enter your email address. Yes, that means you get my emails. Give them a chance. I think, I hope, not for lack of trying, you'll find that the emails are actually worth reading. They're not uh, the typical newsletter kind of spammy by my stuff. Every once in a while, I try to get you to hire me as a coach, but I do that on the podcast too. So you're used to you're used to either ignoring it or being like, well, maybe, or you signed up already, in which case you're already good to go. But one way or the other, I like to think the emails are worth reading. They're kind of like a blog post, a little bit of, of um, a blend of a quick tip and a life lesson and typically some nonsense. Sometimes they're worth, hopefully they're always worth reading occasionally they actually are the 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 effort is always there however but anyway disruns.com slash giveaway if you haven't done so already get yourself entered and now without any further ado let's go ahead and dive in to today's episode of the show hey y'all uh, my guest today is a lady that uh, maybe has slowed down a little bit over the years or or you know in, in her hiatus for money i don't know we'll get into all her story as we go but she's definitely still out there getting after it going strong and, and getting in her miles you know pretty much every day um, and, and as proof of that, she recently finished her second, uh, GVRAT for those of you that speak, 
uh, Laz Language, the, the great virtual race across Tennessee, but this year it was the great virtual race along the trace. Um, proof that it's 70 years young. Like I said, still going strong, still getting out there. Um, and I, and she's promised she's full of stories. And just from chatting a little bit before we got started, she's got some stories. So we're going to have fun today. And I'm looking forward to getting to know her a little bit more, getting to hear some of her stories, and uh, just having having a good time with fellow Orange Mud Ambassador, Ms. Deb Barr. So, Deb, thanks for joining us today. Looking forward to our, our chat, and welcome to the show. Thanks. Glad to be here. Yeah, looking forward to it. And y'all, if you want to connect with Deb on, on the Facebooks, that's where we first got connected through the Orange Mud Group. She's also in, in our Facebook group now as well. Uh, you can find her there. And as per usual, you know, Facebook links, like they're kind of, they're I don't know. There, apparently there's 907 other Deb Bars that joined Facebook because she's Deb.Bar.908 <laughs> if you want to look it up that way. Uh, but of course, we've got the we've got the link in the show notes so that if you do just search for Deb Bar and there's 907 or 908 at least to choose from, uh, good luck. But you can just go back to the show notes today. We'll have it linked up there. Uh, direct link, you can connect with Deb. Uh, Dizruns.com slash 1186. Dizruns.com slash 1186. We'll get you back to the show notes today. Of course, we'll also have some photos and links and all of all of the things just like always. So, Deb, the way we always start off each episode of, of the show is with a, a pretty simple question. Sometimes it's an easy one to answer. Sometimes, uh, you know, there's a lot of good choices out there, quite frankly. So sometimes there's a little hemming and hawing. Sometimes people cheat and they, they come up with multiple answers to the same question, which I don't think is... I don't know. I don't fight it. It's, it's all good. Uh, but one way or the other, it's a good place to start the conversation. It's just to simply ask, what is your favorite distance to race and why? Well, I'm going to tell you, it has changed over the years. Um, right now, I think a five-miler. Okay. A, a five-miler trail. No road running for me anymore. <laughs> but five-mile trail is good. But honestly, any race I can run and I'm capable of running is my favorite distance. Mm. It, you know, I, I've signed up for a 10 miler this, this fall. And, um, my, in my heart, I feel I got another 50 K in me, but my body is telling me, well, maybe you don't girl. Mm. So I'm still, you know, debating on that, but I love them all. Yeah. Well, and like, like we were talking about before we you know, kind of got started here, um, officially before we hit the record button, you know, a, a good day out in the woods is a pretty good day. And so, you know, whether it's a race, whether it's not, whether it's long, whether it's short, like that's, that's, there's worse ways to spend a day in the, in the world these days. That's right. Yes, ma'am. So you, you mentioned, um, you know, kind of, again, before we got started, but I kind of mentioned there in the, in the intro that you were running for a while at, at one point and then took a little break and finally came back to it. But um, as much as you want to go into it, we'd love to kind of hear some of your running history because, uh, you know, again, also as mentioned in the in the intro, and you weren't weren't shy to talk about it, you know, both before we got connected and and even to, you know before we got started today that you know at 70 years old, like, um, you know, like that's that's how old I guess that's just how old you are, right? Like that's that's just the fact of the matter. Um, so there's been there's been some history. So let's let's talk about some of the the stories. And, and again, we can go back as far as you want to start. Whether it's the original time of starting to run, whether it's when you got back into it, wherever you want to start. Let's uh, let's kick it off. Sure. Well, uh, you know, I never really, you know, I was a tomboy, so I played a lot outside, but I never really ran in high school. They didn't, you know, I don't think girls were in cross country then. I really didn't know anything about it. Might not have been something I did. But I started running in my early 20s um, as a mechanism to de-stress. I was in a, a really difficult relationship, which 
terminated down the road, but I was also working full-time and I was going to college full-time. So wherever I could squeeze time in, I would just put on my gear, my shoes, and I would just take off running. I didn't have, I didn't know what a Garmin was or I didn't do anything. I just ran and I ran all over town. And back then, yeah, I don't know how fast I was because I had no way of measuring it. All I know is when I ran, I felt like my feet barely touched the ground and I was flying. And I loved it. Um, but then life, you know, intercedes with work. And then um, second marriage and uh, kids. Mm-hmm. And all the in working full time and all the activities that a very active, engaged family is doing around their kids, you kind of lose yourself sometimes. So I really, I was outside doing things with my family, but I wasn't running. Um, and it wasn't until they were all grown and I had my kids late, like in my, like 34 and 38. Mm-hmm. So, you know, when my kids finally, left home, you know, I found some time for me. Um, when my career kind of stabilized and I could squeeze that in. And I thought, you know, my gosh, look at me, I've gained some weight. I've picked up some pounds. So I thought, how am I going to lose it? Well, I started doing triathlon mm-hmm. at 60. 59, 60, right around in there. Mm-hmm. And um You know, I just kind of went and watched because I thought, okay, I might get bored with one sport. So I thought, you know, let's try three. So (laughs) Right. Why why not? Let's just jump jump into the deep end, you know? Yeah. That way I could kind of cycle things up. And I found out, you know, I really liked it. It was really hard running. I hated the running leg. That was my least favorite leg because, you know, I'm buoyant. So swimming Mm. was really good because fat floats, and then the bike was not a problem, but that run, since I was a little heavier, um, you know, I felt that, and I was slow, and, you know, it was like a herd of elephants coming down, you know, the road, but I just kept at it and figured, well, with practice, you're going to get better, mm-hmm. and don't give up. Don't worry about being last. My motto is always just finish without injury or death. Mm. My bar was low. I'd set small goals for myself so I could achieve them because I've seen people when they start out in any sport set these lofty goals and then they fail. Mm. And I know myself, if I set myself up for failure, I'll quit something. So I wanted to, I was really serious about doing this. Um, I think my family thought I had lost my mind. And uh, I'm sure the only reason my youngest son and and my husband attended my first triathlon was because they thought I was probably going to die. (laughs) They wanted to be there. (laughs) But uh, anyway, that sparked kind of my love of triathlon. And it went on with that, ended up. And again, not a great triathloner, but I did it, mm-hmm. and I loved it. And I somehow qualified for na- age group nationals. So I went up to Milwaukee, and I'm sure I was the only one there in the sea of transition of all these bicycles and all these carbon-fibered aero bar- <laughs> up bikes. I was the only hybrid bike there. Mm-hmm. 
But I didn't care because I was racing at nationals. I was racing, and I think it was the 60 to 65-year-old age group. There were 44 other women there. And let me tell you, that's some fast old ladies. And I came in last. Did I care? Nah. Because I had a PR. Mm -hmm. I PR'd, got my best time. I was happy. And, um, And I never felt a need to go back. It was just something you know, personal victory for me. So uh, I tend to be one of those people that if I want to do something, don't tell me I can't do it Mm. because I'll do it. (laughs) And I'll do it my way. And I don't care what anybody else thinks. You know, I just, you know, you just got to get out there and do it. And I've along this course of triathlon, then transitioning into road running, and half marathon distances, and eventually trail, which is my love, mm-hmm. um, I found out within myself I had this really strong mental toughness that I really, I, I never really thought about. I really didn't think I had, but it really saw me through a lot of challenges, a lot of injuries along the way, because since I was older coming into it, I didn't have a coach. Mm-hmm. I was training off, you know, things I would watch on the Internet, talking to friends. I'd try different things. If one thing didn't work, I'd switch it up and try another. And, you know, sometimes with that lack of knowledge at first, you get hurt. Right. So I ended up with, a, you know, having a rotator cuff repaired. I've had multiple ankle sprains mm-hmm. and a couple fractured bones. <laughs> And and then you have the age-related things. So, uh, you know, I have degenerative spine, Mm -hmm. you know, so pretty severe on my lumbar region. So then I'd find out in sciatica. So then, you know, when your left leg goes numb or whatever, kind of presents some challenges. Mm -hmm. You've got to learn to kind of work around. But you never quit. Never stop. You just modify and keep going. I have a... I have found uh, some great people here in Omaha that um, rehab me after my rotator cuff, a fellow friend and triathlete, and her and her husband are both doctors of physical therapy. And I'm telling you, can I mention the, yeah, their names? Yeah, please, please do. It's uh, Claire and Mark Rathjen with Core um, Performance and Physical Therapy, and I'm telling you, they have kept me going through all of my injuries and little niggles I might have along the way. And I mean, I really attribute a lot of my longevity to the fact that they just have the same mindset as I do. You don't give up. You just modify. Let's see what we can do for it to correct this and get you back out there. And, and, you know, if it hurts, probably back off a bit. Right. Yeah, it's so, it's so and I'm, I'm why I, you know, certainly glad to, to mention any good, any good healthcare providers out there that, that, you know, it's always, always helpful in my experience, at least. And it sounds like it's very much with yours as well, Deb, where, you know, having, having a physical therapist or a chiropractor or a massage, whoever it is, you know, any of the, any of the folks that kind of help us stay together, 
if they're also some level of endurance athlete, whether it's just a runner, whether it's multi-sports, whether it's just a swimmer, just whatever it is, uh, because they get it. And, and, you know, nothing is more frustrating than when you hear a story of a runner, like, oh, I went to the doctor, or the PT or whoever. And they were like, well, just stop, stop running, like just stop running or just, you know, stop yeah. whatever the, the activity is that you enjoy doing. And it's like, man, like if it were that easy, it, I would have done it already, you know, but I want to keep doing these things. So help me get back together. Yeah. And, and yeah, having, having good folks on your team. I mean, that's, that's huge. It's important. And, you know, I say it's, uh, I had a trainer that was really good at the gym who didn't treat me like an old lady. I said, help me get strength because I need strength training. And uh, between the, the training and chiropractic and PT, um, and then my own yoga and stretching, those are just four tenets of self-care that right. I needed to keep me going. And it's just so important. And learning that recovery is just as important as training, which is hard for us. <laughs> oh, so, it certainly is. It's, it's, you know, speaking, uh, you know, I, I am very open about my hypocrisy in terms of like, we need to do, we, we as runners, we need to do more, more foam rolling and more of this and that and the other and get more sleep. And yet, you know, in the evening, am I, am I on the floor foam rolling and getting to bed on time? Or am I, you know, screwing around on my phone, playing mindless games or watching random videos or scrolling through random social medias? Like, yeah, absolutely. So yeah, that recovery piece is, is big, but nobody, nobody really wants to do it very often. It doesn't seem like. Yeah. And, but you know, it's interesting. I had more injuries when I was doing triathlon and, um, and road running than I did trail running. You'd think with all the routes out there and all those opportunities, I, I don't think I've ever taken a. Oh, you better well, knock on one. some wood, Deb. You better. <laughs> I, no, I, I I take that back. There I took go. one. I took one spill this year in February. I was hiking um, at a state park with a group of women, and as icy. But you know, you strap on your crampons, you take your trekking poles, good to go. Uh, the last hill was really. I mean, it was glare ice on several steep hills, but this last one was pretty ugly. So I thought. All right, now I have osteoporosis because, you know, old. But I thought, oh, geez, maybe can I walk down the side? Mm -hmm. No, too rocky, too leavy, too many leaves and too many. It was just too many unknowns under this really deep bed of leaves. So I thought, I'll just sit down. And a couple other girls sat down and slid down. So, I, you know, any rocks, any stumps? No, it's clear, it's smooth. <laughs> Come on down. So I sat down slid down on my hind end and caught a rogue stump. Ooh. Yeah. And you know where I caught it right up the middle and ripped off my run tights and flipped me over onto my abdomen. And when I flipped over my wrist, my left wrist must've hit something, mm -hmm. a rock or just the ice and broke. Yeah. <laughs> great so yeah so then i had to drive myself to the nearest look luckily we have an ortho er in omaha and it was only about a half hour drive so i just and it was my left hand that was hurt so i just drove myself and right there yeah. told my husband meet me in the er with a pair of underwear and pants and i'll tell you about it later <laughs> just shake his head i'm oh, sure goodness yeah well the things the things that we do so you know you you, you touched in there um that, that trail running was, was, has become really like your love. And, and we kind of uh -huh. joked both before the start and, and kind of once we got going that, you know, a good day in the woods is a good day in the woods. 
um, where, where did you first dip your toes into, into trail running? Oh, probably back in 2012, maybe, I okay. think. And I started, you know, a lot of triathletes uh, in the community here were doing multiple things. Mm-hmm. Triathlon, road run. You know, we all ran in the same races. Right. And, um, and, you know, you talk and, you know, I heard about this trail running. I'm like, trail running? And then they had a... a Taco Tuesdays. So we go to uh, uh, Tranquility Park or TQ as we call it here, and we'd meet up and they do, you know, three to four mile um, easy, you know, well, it was a nice, nice wooded mm-hmm. course. But, you know, then there was a bar nearby. So then we'd walk over there, run over there and have tacos and beer after. And so I thought, okay, I'll go to one of those. And, uh, Greater Omaha Trail Runners, you know, put that together. So it was a relatively new trail running group. And uh, I remember they just took me in. I knew nothing, nothing. I was afraid about getting lost. I was afraid about being out there by myself. And I remember, um, I call him Papa Goat. And uh, he was one of the key uh, founding members, at, he stayed with me. He says, we're not going to leave you behind. I'll, I'll run with you. And he ran with me the whole time. And we just talked and talked, and it was over so fast. It was like, that's it? Uh, but they just took me in. I never felt like anybody, you know, had any judgment on, you know, were you fast? Were you slow? You, Nobody cared. Everybody was so supportive. That was something I never really saw in the road running community. Now, you know, unless you're really good and, and, you know, you have that higher level of elites, I think they're pretty supportive of each other. But, you know, I just didn't get that feeling for me personally. But, boy, that was, I knew that was my tribe then. And I just stayed with them. And every week I would go and then I would try longer runs. And um, I think my biggest run with them, well, I did my 50K. I started doing my my training for my 50K. I knew I wanted to do that. So, you know, you increase from, you know, the 5Ks, then 10Ks. Then I did a 10-miler. Then I did a 21-miler. And then... Uh, I did a t- couple of, of each of those and then working up to my first 50K. I think I was 63 or 64 when I did that 50K. And um, I didn't meet the cutoff. I, and I, I knew it would be close. Mm-hmm. Um, and I was doing really good until the third loop. But the third loop, I went out and they said, are you sure you're going? You know, you're probably not going to be in in time. I said, that's okay. Right. I'm going to finish this. <laughs> I am going to finish this. It kills me. I'm not giving up. I'm not quitting. I got my, I, I, so you take the aid stations down, take everything down. I'm good. Mm-hmm. I got a headlamp. I got my nutrition. I got tailwind. I got water. I'm good to go. And uh, so one gal went out with me, um, keep me company. And then I got on a bike behind me. Um, sweeping the course mm-hmm. and you know i made it in uh, but the, you know, it got dark right 
And then I started, you know, being old, you don't see real well at night. <laughs> so I, and I knew there were cows right on the side of the fence by the trail. And I swear to God, I thought there was cows out there. And uh, I said, no, that's, that's not a cow on the trail. That's your own shadow from your headlamp. I'm like, <laughs> oh, jeez, dear God. <laughs> and I came in. Uh, I think it took me, I think it was 11 hours to do a 50K, <laughs> but I did it. Everybody was gone except about eight people, you know, the race organizers, the finish line, everything was taken down, mm-hmm. people gone, it was dark. They spray painted a line on the grass in white paint, and it was illuminated by the headlights mm-hmm. of about five cars. <laughs> And that's how I ran in. What an awesome finish. I'll never forget that, ever. It yeah, was amazing. And, and, you know, again, it kind of speaks to that. That, And it's hard to, to maybe put into words, but the, just the difference between the road running and the trail running kind of communities and just, you know, like, like, and I know there's plenty of great road races out there that have done similar types of things where it's like, you know, we have to kind of close the course, but like, you know, you can run on the sidewalk, you can run on the, the shoulder of the yeah. road, like you can keep going and you know, whatever you, you can still finish. It won't maybe be official, but whatever. Um, but I feel like, and, and maybe this is me talking out of the wrong end, but like, I feel like in the road running commu- community, like that's, that's maybe more, the more the exception than the rule, but in the trail running community, like, I, I don't know. Maybe, maybe I don't know what I'm talking about. I feel like that's that's more not, not guaranteed to always happen, but that's that almost doesn't strike me as a as a massive surprise. Like, yeah, they got to tear things down and they got to they got to shut it down. But like, hey, if you're still out there, we're gonna some of us are gonna stick around and we're gonna support you and we're gonna cheer you in and and um and then you know that's that's like talk about feeling just welcomed and included and and not worried about fast or slow or whatever. Like, you're one of us. There you go. Yeah, I, I was just so Im- impressed that those people stayed and um i I just yeah i get kind of misty i thinking about it it's just one of those um one of those moments out on it it just touches your heart and i don't even know if they realize even though i've told them how much it meant i you know there's no way you can put that adequately into words so i try to get back where i can to other people trying to to reach their goals, you know, if they need help. Yeah. Yeah. Well, and that's, that's uh, in, in, uh, you know, again, I mean, that's, I feel like that's the running community in general is it's just like, you know, we're all, we're all kind of doing it for mm-hmm. our own reasons or our, you know, we've got our own goals and our own, own ambitions, but um, very rarely, unless you're really like at the top of the top where like you're running to win. And obviously you can't have seven people that win the same race, but like, you know, for, for you and I, and, and 99.9% of the runners out there, like, all of us can reach our race day goals, you know, in terms of finishing, in terms of time goals, whatever, never at the expense of anybody else. Yeah. Like, like we can all be out there supporting each other, encouraging each other, um, while still running our own race and, and chasing our own ambitions and our own goals. And at the end, we all, you know, hopefully we all cross the line. We're all mostly successful. We're all enjoying the, the, you know, at, at a good trail race, of course, the, the grill's going, the, the fire pit's going, yeah. like whatever, the beer is flowing. Like, we can all have a good time afterwards, too. Um, and, and, I mean, it's just, just one of the many reasons why I, I you know, am a, am a fan of this silly thing called running. I know. And it's it's awesome because I can be running, uh, you know, in a race, and here comes Casey, nationally ranked ultra runner. 
and she'd come by. She goes, great job, Deb, great job. Mm-hmm. I don't even hear her coming because I swear she never <laughs> touches the ground. She's like a butterfly. A little gazelle out there. Just she is. And I was just, pixie ninja, whoosh, there she's gone. But, I mean, always a kind word, and the whole community is like that. So, Question for you, Deb. Mm-hmm. Um, shifting, shifting gears slightly, although although maybe not. Um, you know, you mentioned in there for like, I think it was the first triathlon that like your, your husband and your son came out, you know, kind of maybe tongue in cheek to just make sure you, you made it through alive in that whole mm-hmm. situation. Um, but, but getting into this endurance world, you know, whether it's the triathlons that you started with the road running, the trail running, it's kind of this whole, you know, last decade plus of kind of getting into things. Um, what was, what was the reaction of friends and family that, that, I, I guess maybe my thought is, is like, you know, could have been easy for, for somebody to be like, you're too old for this, Deb. What do you, what do you, you know, 59 years old and you're going to go out there and run your first, compete in your first triathlon. Like what the, what the heck are you doing? Like, like what was, what was the, the support system that you had outside of the running community and the endurance community um, in the early days? And maybe how is, you know, where, where are they at? Have they come around to it or maybe they were on board to begin with, but like, you know, what are some of the non-runners in your life? Think about what you, what you've done over the last decade plus. Honestly, um, my own family at first when I started, my they thought I was crazy. They didn't think it would last. They didn't think I would continue it. And, uh, you know, I did endure a little ridicule from time to time. But, you know, I really don't care. I got a goal. I'm going to do it. And And they saw I was determined and I was out there doing what I needed to do, rain or shine. And then... It, it turned, and they became support, very supportive. Um, my oldest son, who lives in another state, you know, was not here to to witness that because, um, you know, he has a family and, you know, long distance. So um, he just go, you're, you're crazy. You're going to hurt yourself. You're too old to be doing that, says the man who now, just last month, uh, you know, July did his first Ironman, his first <laughs> triathlon, Ironman Lake Placid, yeah. you know, was telling me, oh, you can't do that. <laughs> and now I'm going down to Chattanooga to watch him mm. do a second Ironman. So anyway, they came around. Um, my work friends, they just uh, shake their head and thought I was nuts. Why would you want to do that? Friends from high school, I'm still, you know, friends mm. with just like, I think a lot of them thought, wow, that's really badass. That's <laughs> right. it's just amazing. You're such a badass. And I, I just, you know, I tell them, I'm really not. I'm just too stubborn to quit. I'm not a really fast runner, fast swimmer, fast cycle. I'm just kind of mediocre, but I'm out there. I enjoy it. I have fun. And you don't have to be good to have a good time. That's, You're doing it for yourself, not not anybody else. Well, but and and not only do you not have to be good to have a good time, but like, who cares what somebody else's definition of good is? You know, kind of going yeah. back to your your own. Everybody has their own goals and ambitions. Like, like you know, for somebody who's and I don't want to throw numbers out there because then it's always like, well, I wish I could do that or God, that would be ter-, like whatever. But like you know, when the when the goal is to run X time or you know finish the 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 triathlon in, in X amount of time, um, if you did that. Or if you came in a little bit faster, I mean, that's really good. Even if to somebody else that would be like a, a terrible performance, it's yeah. all relative. You know, it all scales it up re- and down. 
it's subjective. It really is. And, and you know, um, it was funny because, you know, at the beginning of every race, you think, oh, maybe there's a chance I could podium. And sometimes I did podium. Now, often those times, I was the only one in my age group. <laughs> <laughs> we, don't, we don't say only around here, Deb. If you finish, if you finish first in the, in the 60 to 65-year-old lady I, I category, you finish first. Up. Yeah, That's doesn't right. matter. Uh, but there were several times I wasn't the only one, and those were the ones that were really nice. But, uh, you know, I'm glad to see there's a lot more people in the 60 to 70 age group and beyond entering that world, doing their first triathlon or getting back into running. And my thought was, and I've had people come up and say, you inspire me. And I'm like, well, I, I, you know, <laughs> I'm not, you know, like a stellar rent note, but you're out there every day. So even though we think we're doing it for ourselves and we don't think we're giving anything to anybody else, you never know who you're going to be inspiring. You just, because I've had people come up to me just out of the blue and I never would have expected that. Right. And that's just kind of frosting on the cake because you like uh, with fitness, it's like you can pay now and be healthy Mm -hmm. or you can pay later with your illness. Right. Uh, You know, I choose to be healthy. Well, and, and, and yeah, and we, I think I've told this story a couple of times on the show, but you know, I'll, I'll tell it again for your benefit. Uh, But along the very similar lines that we used to live in Florida and, and our neighbor across the street, um, was a snowbird. They'd come down from Michigan in the, in the, uh, you know, in the winter months. And, and he, he told me basically like, you know, the reason we come down is because I don't want to run on the ice and I don't want to run on the treadmill all winter. So we, we come down for, for the, this, you know, the winter months so I can run. Um, and he was, you know, when we moved in, he was, you know, 79 or whatever. And he'd been running for 30 years. And when we, when we moved to Georgia last year, he's 91 or whatever. Um, and, uh, you know, still out there, still moving along and, and had some health issues along the way. But, you know, he told me, he's like, you know, I, I, I'm convinced and my doctor's convinced that, you know, the fact that I'm still out doing as much as I can, as often as I can, is the reason that none of these, some of these different sicknesses and things that, that he, you know, he, he dealt with over the years, none of them, none of them beat him for lack of a better yeah. sentence. Cause like, cause I'm moving enough that I've, I've got enough, you know, I'm healthy enough that I had a chance to fight some of these things off and, you know, infections that took forever to diagnose exactly what was going on. So it was really hard to treat, but like, you know, he was, he was healthy from all the movement that he was able to fight things off and, Man, I just, I just can't, can't, uh, you know, again, like, kind of like what you said, like just keep moving because, you know, even, even if it doesn't add life to the years, what's the saying? It adds years to your life. Like that's, that's nobody wants to be just hanging out, not, not able to function and able to, to be independent as, as we get older. So keep, I don't know where I'm going with this, but just keep staying active because, you know, the, the payoff is well worth it. I guess that's where you, where we started. Pay now, pay later. Like, yeah, it's a small price now versus how much you could, you could possibly have to pay later. Right. You know, it's all about it's all about choices. You know, as a nurse, um, I've seen people that, you know, say are 70. They don't look 70. Mm. They don't act 70 or 80 or 90, whatever age they're at. And um, there are people at 50 that are not active, Mm. who are morbidly obese, who can't function and can't physically do the things that they would probably like to do 
because of some choices that they made. Some of them, not because of choices they made. Some of them were, right. you know, dealt a bad hand due to circumstances beyond their control. But, um, you know, if you have a choice, I, I don't know. I just, to me, it just makes sense. And it, it's hard for me to understand why people choose inactivity. Because you just feel so good when you're active. I guess yeah. it's the endorphins that kick in. Even when you're slow, they kick in. <laughs> That's right. That's right. Um, something that we, we touched on a little bit at the, I think, pre, pre-record. pre I don't know. That's why I try not to have too much talking beforehand because I, mean, I can't remember if we talked about it before we got started or after we got started. Um, I think it was beforehand, but, but talking about changing expectations with age. And I think that kind of ties in with, with where mm-hmm. we're at right now where, you know, m- maybe – maybe you're, you haven't been doing much and, and, you know, and you decide to get started and you start small and, and hopefully you, you kind of progress as you go. Maybe you've been very active and as, as you're getting older, you know, you kind of have to readjust the expectations. You mentioned that with, with talking with the PT folks is like, all right, well, how can we adjust? How can we, we can make this, make a change to keep going, but even if it's not quite the same, um, how, how have you kind of, you know, ha- have you struggled with that over the last, the last 10 ish years, Deb of, of, you know, playing the comparison game once in a while, or I used to be able to do X and now I can't, oh, or yeah. how does that shaked out for you? Definitely. I mean, I think now, um, back 10 years ago when I started and when I, you know, back at 10 years ago, I'd like, Oh man, I wish I could do this. I wish I could was faster. And now I look at that and I go, Oh, I wish I was that fast <laughs> now. But you know, even then it wasn't that fast, but you know, I think my fastest mile was, when I started running as an older runner, it was probably 10 minutes, mm-hmm. 11. Um, now, it's if I run, it's 15 or 16, but I don't run it solid. I do a combo run-walk, no problem. Sometimes I just walk, fast walk, and I can do you know anywhere from 16 to, to 19. And on a day where I'm just out walking casual, I'll just take it easy and do 20, 25. Right. <laughs> I don't care. I, I don't measure miles per hour. Sometimes when I'm out, I'll do um, what I call photos per mile because oh, I'll see something, I'll stop and take photos of it. Or I'll run into people I know and then we stop and visit. And I, yeah, I forget to put paws on my garment. So <laughs> I just let it go. And then it looks like it took me an hour to do something that shouldn't have taken that long. But, um, you know, it's all relative. But yeah, I've had to modify um, with the virtual ones with COVID, you know, that put a kibosh on a lot of people's activities, organized races. But, you know, and that was frustrating because right before COVID, I had to give up. I had finally got a lottery spot in Barkley, um, Fall Classic. Mm -hmm. Um, And I was so excited because I thought, I I just had always felt a calling to that. And I I thought I probably... It's going to be so hard. I knew what it entailed. I, you know, was not blind about that. And I knew it was going to be hard. And I knew there were plenty of opportunities for someone like myself to fail. But I felt like I wanted to give it a good shot. I, you know, again, I didn't care what other people thought. And I just wanted to do it for myself. And if it required me being humbled, then not a problem. Um 
because then you have much more respect for those who do finish. And um, but then I ended up with a pretty bad uh, back injury, and it took me almost a year to rehab from that. It it was. It, that was uh, dark times because, mm-hmm. you know, your head goes to dark places when you can't be active yeah, yeah. and you think I'll never be able to do this again. Ah, oh, jeez. And I had to, you know, I waited until the summer, right, you know, a couple months before uh, thinking, okay, maybe, maybe. And then I just, the reality is, no, this would not be smart. You know, no, you can't do this. You're not ready. You're not trained. Um, so I had to give up that spot to somebody else and, and that was, that was hard, but, uh, you know, and I think from that point on, I realized there's going to be things that maybe, maybe you need to adjust your goals. Um, maybe you need not to aim so high and be a little more realistic, um, and stick to things that you know you can achieve, but maybe try to push the envelope every now and then. So... That's kind of what I do. Gotcha. Is is that where a thousand miles across Tennessee or a thousand miles from the, the Gulf of Mexico up to the state capital of Tennessee? Like, is that is that considered pushing the envelope or is that just kind of, you know, five-ish miles a day and just keep plugging along? That's just, well, actually, no, nah, that's not pushing the envelope because I was okay. just doing, you know, five, six, seven miles a day and just plugging along and having a good time at it. Um and then I did the circumpolar race around the world oh, to crawl, which was yeah. <clears throat> 30,000 miles. <laughs> right. That one, that one was, we, we, we had a, a team together for that one as well. That was, that was uh, 16 months of getting after it every day, pretty much. It, it really was. And we started out as a run only. And we realized after two legs that, dear God, we'll, it, we're never <laughs> going to get done. So we changed to multi-sport, mm-hmm. thank the Lord. Mm-hmm. And things went much better after that. But it was funny because, you know, when you're on a team, you always ha- you get a variety of people. You don't know who these mm-hmm. people are on my team. And there were three of us that were just consistently in the top three. We'd just switch spots around right. that were always pretty high output people. And um, yeah, the rest, yeah, they had kids and they had life stuff going on. Mm-hmm. So um, I always felt good I could be in in that top three on our team, just pounding out the miles on the bike. And usually it was cycling and uh, on the trails for me and hiking. I do a lot of hiking. I like that. And I could count snowshoeing in the winter. Um, You know, it was nice, but yeah, it took almost two years. (laughs) It was a long one. Yeah. Those, those virtual challenges, whether we're talking, you know, the, the GVRAT for, for, you know, a, a, what is it? Four months, May May through the end of August. Uh, yeah. The times you've done those, or, or crawl that, that goes on for a couple of years. Um, in my in my experience, I've done three of the four uh, virtual races across Tennessee, and then and then like I said, we did we did the uh, the circumpolar race around the world. Um, by the time it starts to get the finish line starts to get close, like first world problems. I started to get sick of adding the miles in every day. Like, cause it's just, you know, oh, it, yeah. it, it's not a big deal, but it doesn't automatically sink for those that aren't familiar. You gotta, you gotta log into the website and put in your miles and you just uh, want it to be done. You just want you? it to be done with. Yeah. Like, like, did you, do you feel, it sounds almost like maybe you felt similar. You're ready, ready oh, to, yeah. finish to get to get to Nashville here a couple weeks ago. Yep. Yep. 
I was so ready. I, I was so ready. And I went to the wire. I finished the day before the deadline because the first time I did it, I finished in 89 days. And I gave myself a horrible case of plantar fasciitis. Mm. And I said, I'm not doing that again. I'm just going to, I'm going to ratchet it back. So again, just kind of that modifying it. Right. And yeah, I was like, I had nothing to prove to anybody. I'm not going to hurt myself. I'll finish it. Mm -hmm. I just got my medal yesterday, in fact. There you go. There you go. Do, do those do those virtual challenges like that, um, I, obviously or maybe not obviously, but in my, in my view, when, when they got started in, in, you know, in, in COVID era was with the first one, um, it filled a big gap. Like you said, and we, we touched on it, everybody that listened probably lived through it. Like, you know, races disappeared and there was, there was this, this void and, and virtual races kind of, kind of filled in for that for a lot of folks. By the end, when races are starting to finally come back, a lot of people were, you know, virtual races that virtual race fatigue was a thing. Like, I'm not doing another virtual race. Like, uh, let's just wait till we can get back in person. Um, how do you feel about virtual races now? Again, having just finished a, 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 another iteration of the virtual race across Tennessee, was it, at, at least at the beginning, exciting, fun? Like, like, how do you feel about the virtual race versus the, the in-person scenario? It's a different kind of a challenge. It, it pushes your mental mm. toughness because you've got to be committed to get out there, mm -hmm. getting those miles every day or almost every day i did it every day this time i got the inertia work because i did something Good every idea. day every day so um that is a different type of mentality mm -hmm. and i found that you know by the time it's over i swear i'll never it's like do it doing a long race, you know, like the day I crossed the finish line, I said, I'm never doing this again. And then, you know, then you want to do it again. Mm -hmm. It's kind of the same thing with these races. Um, you swear, I'll never do another one. And I took a, a year, you know, I did it the first time in 2020, okay. but I didn't do it in 21 or 22. But I did it again this year because I kind of missed the challenge of pushing myself to be consistent every day and getting out there because it's easy sometimes to sit on your couch and or to to do other things and it it really pushed me to get that consistency and make sure I just didn't blow it off yeah. because it's easy we all know how easy it is sometimes the hardest part is just getting out the door mm. and once you're out you don't regret it but getting out that door is really hard some days. Oh, that's that's the truth. There's too many times if I, you know, sat in the kitchen trying to like, you know, talk myself into it or out of it or whatever. Like just come on, just go, just go, just go. And, and I've never once gotten back from a run and been like, gosh, that was that that wasn't worth it. But man, the times it takes to difficulty to get outside sometimes. Like yeah, that that first step, that first mile. Once you get going, you're good, you know, but that first yeah. Month, man, that can be, and especially can be if you're going alone because mm -hmm. you don't have anybody to hold you accountable but yourself. Yeah, yeah, that's, so. that is very much true. So we're getting getting kind of to the point of, of wrapping things up, Deb. Um, I, I kind of hate to ask this question, but at the same time, I ask it often enough that I guess I can't say I really hate it that much. But it's kind of the predicted the future <laughs> question, you know, it. it at this point, I mean, just again, just finished, uh, you know, a, a, a thousand mile ish or a thousand kilometer ish. Excuse me. Don't let, let me I get the numbers messed up. Six hundred thirty one <laughs> mile virtual race um, heading into the fall. You know, kind of what's what's 
you know, you don't want to predict too far out in the future because, again, it's it's a fool's get, fool's errand. But you know, what, what's the, what's the running endurance future goals looking like for you at this point? Well, you know, it's it's been more of a challenge since I retired in some ways because we have a small, I call it our adventure van. You know, it's a <laughs> Mercedes Sprinter van, but you know, it's small. But we travel, so you know, we plan our trips, so. We'll be gone for a month, month and a half. So trying to fit my activity in while we're traveling when your family is not as active as you. And, you know, I got to get it in where I can. Sometimes I get my my activity in every time we stop. I get out, run around the gas, walk around the gas stations. We're fueling up or wherever, rest up. I just, you know, whatever I can just to get some movement in. And then when we get to some place, I try to at least, you know, if I can squeeze in a mile mm-hmm. or two. Uh, road days are hard. But sometimes it's, it's very hard. But um, once we get to our location, then I don't have a problem. I can, I can get it in. Um, but, uh, yeah, it's a little bit more of a challenge. So I also can't really sign up for any races. Right. Because I and I've lost money because <laughs> I have a race now in October that I signed up for, and now we're going to be gone for the whole month of October. We initially hadn't planned for that, but you know stuff happens, so right. I'll have to give that up. But I've got another one that I'll probably do um, the week of Thanksgiving. I just haven't signed up for it because I want to make sure we're make going sure to be here. Yeah, right. Yeah. And I love running in the winter, and I would love to do, we have one called the Hitchcock Experience, where they do uh, half mile, what is it now? They do a 50K, 50 miler, uh, 100 miler, and it's in the winter. It's the second week mm-hmm. of December, and I, I, it's cold, so I like that, because I'm not as heat tolerant as I used to be, <laughs> but it's it's got some... It's got a lot of good vert in there, and um, I, I'd love it, but I need to build back up to that because, you know, living in Nebraska, it's pretty flat here, yeah. and that's probably about the best place here that you can get some good good hills in. Man, there's, there's nothing that prepares you for a hilly race like running on hills. I, I mm-hmm. learned that, like I said earlier. We, we moved from from uh, Florida where it was flat, like flat, like my, my, my uh, vertical difference for my run was because I would start my watch at the doorstep. And by the time I went down the, you know, six inches to the street from the, down the driveway um, to the, to the street, that was like my, my elevation for the day was, you know, come up on the sidewalk once in a while. Uh, But now we live in Georgia where it's like, you can't go more than a quarter of a mile without being down a hill and up a hill. And it's, took a little shock. It was a little shocking to the system, but man, it's, it's, uh, I don't want to say it's worth it because it's tough some days, but the, the payoff is there when you get to a hillier course or you get to a flatter course and you're used to running hills and you're just like, man, we can just power on through right now. Yeah. Yeah. If you train on hills, you'll, you'll do well mm-hmm. on the flat courses, Absolutely. but if you've been away from those hills for a while, oh yeah. 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 But it's a beautiful place. I love going out there and I haven't been out there in a while. And, um, you know, one challenge I noticed that, you know, when you retire, you have all this time to do all the things you want, get all your miles in during the day and, and nobody else is out. 
but you know sometimes you like to to have people around right everybody's still you know most of my people I hang with are still working mm -hmm. so you know you you go out a lot and you know you just try to modify and make it work and then you know then you have to integrate yourself back into running with people again. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I, I suppose there's worse. There's worse groups to have to reintegrate with, though, than uh, the runners. It's easy, yeah, though. Absolutely, it's easy because you know it's like you and I talking. You just pick up right where you left off. Yep. Yes, ma'am. Yes, ma'am. One final question for you before we get, you get you out of here. Um, I call it the philosophical question, which sometimes sounds scary. It's not. It's just like the introductory question. Very open-ended. Take it where you mm -hmm. want to go with it. Um, but I'd be, be curious, you know, in the in the, the last decade or so, you know, the, the 10, 11 years since you've gotten back into endurance <clears throat> and, and running and triathlon and all the things, um, what lessons have you learned? Have, have you learned things about yourself through running that, that, you know, who knows, maybe you would have never learned this uh, had had you not you know decided hey I want to I want to get back out there and, and get after it a little bit I, I feel like and I, I guess the, the the point for that question where that question comes from I feel like I've learned so much from my time as as a runner over the last gosh it's been pretty near 15 years um, and I feel like it's 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 just a great teacher a great a great way to learn things and I'm just curious what what maybe lessons you have learned along the along the roads and the trails in the last 10 11 years um, I've learned how to persevere through pain, through suffering. I've learned how to embrace the suck. I think I've had some good training grounds for that prior to, <laughs> to starting running through various life experiences. They kind of set me up for that. But I really learned to power through that stuff. I've also learned to listen to my body. Mm. And, you know... You know, when we're young, we, we're, we're doing all this stuff. We really kind of ignore the fact that we're not going to be here forever. And things will eventually start to break down. But when you're older, it just kind of slaps you in the face sometimes. <laughs> and, and your mind thinks you're still like 35, but your body's like, no, don't cash that check. You're 70. Don't go there. <laughs> no, good things will not happen. And sometimes when you go there... Anyway, bad things do happen. <laughs> so it's learning to listen to your body. Also taking inspiration, I think. I learned to pull a lot of inspiration from my own family, from other runners, but really from my own family. Um, my sons especially, because um, my oldest son was an Army Ranger. And I know the type of training he went through. Uh, he deployed five or six times. And I know the kind of stuff he had to deal with. And I take him because I think of him and what he had to go through. And I think, this is nothing compared to that. Nothing. I can do this. If he can do that, I can do this. And then my younger son, as he was growing up, um, had a lot of learning challenges and um, other challenges, but he never gave up. He was always a happy kid. He persevered. And I take strength from that and watching these 
boys, men now, mm-hmm. and how they still continue to face challenges in their life, sometimes pretty big challenges, head on, and make the best out of a situation that you really thought might not have gone so well. Mm-hmm. And they inspire me more than they will probably ever know. But, yeah, just taking that as a source of inspiration that I carry with me, and I just figure, you know, people can make it through these tough, tough challenges in life and circumstances. What I'm doing, it just pales in comparison. But uh, no doubt you're inspiring others to push through whether it's running or some of the tough challenges in their lives too. So thank you for, for sharing that, Deb. That's, that's why I love these philosophical questions because there's always so much that comes from them. And uh, y'all, if you enjoyed today's conversation, you want to want to get a little bit more of, of Deb in your life, uh, again, on the Facebooks, deb.bar.908, or just head over to the show notes for today. We'll, or, or or you can play, you know, search Facebook search roulette, and maybe maybe you'll find the right one. I don't know. Uh, and IG, IG, <laughs> yeah. D-A-Bar-007. There we go. So I'll, I'll send you that link. I don't know. I don't think that one came through, but yeah. Oh, that's perfect. Out there too. Yeah, we'll get you. We'll get you on Instagram too. Yeah, I didn't get that one, so we'll we'll make sure to add that in the show notes. Say it again one more time, Deb, just so so people can hear it. D A B A H R zero zero seven. All righty, and that's that's on Instagram. We'll have that again in the yep. show notes as well. Disruns.com slash 1186-1186 for the show notes for today. I'll get you back there. We'll have the Facebook link, the Instagram link. Uh, I, obviously, again, things we talked about today and, and photos, all that in the in the show notes as per usual. So, Deb, thank you for uh, for making the time today. I, I feel like um, I feel like there's a few stories we left we left untold. So maybe we'll circle back and do it again because Lord knows, good good running stories uh, are always worth it. And if your if your travels ever bring you to Eastern Eastern-ish Georgia. Um, I've got some trails around here. I'd love to show you around, but you know, Ooh, without being that. too much of a creeper, but I would love to, would love to run with you. Um, <laughs> but thank, th- thank you for the time today, m'lady, and, and looking forward to staying in touch, and, and please keep doing what you're doing and inspiring myself and others. And uh, again, just thank you for the time today. I really appreciate it. Thanks. I appreciate it too. Have a great one. All right, y'all. Thanks so much for taking the time to listen to today's episode of the show. Hope you enjoyed the conversation between Deb and myself. And as per usual, be curious to know what stood out to you from today's episode. What was your takeaway du jour? Du jour. Did you say it with me? Hope you said it with me. Anyway, what was your takeaway from today's episode? As per usual, I'll share my takeaway first just to get the ball rolling a little bit. And for me, there were several things that I that I wrote down, several things that stood out to me. Uh, from today's episode, but the one that I'm going to share as, as the takeaway was when Deb was talking about how after her triathlon uh, or a couple of her triathlons, people would come up to her and be like, oh my gosh, you're so inspiring. It's so awesome that you're out here. And I think it's easy to to forget sometimes, or maybe not even recognize. Maybe we don't forget it. Maybe we just don't even recognize. And I'm certainly speaking to myself, but maybe this this hits home for you as well, that you know we are inspiring people that I am inspiring people. And, and I, I look at my performance and, you know, whether, whether I had a good day or a bad day, I'm always like, Oh, well, you know, it's, it's nothing that fancy, right? Like plenty of people are faster than me. Um, 
you know, I could, I could potentially be faster. It's not where I want to be yet. I still have goals that are more ambitious than, than this race or, you know, longevity goals, whatever the case might be. It's easy to downplay our own achievements. I guess what I'm trying to say. Um, but even if people aren't coming up to you to tell you that, that they're inspired by you, um, I, I, you know, hearing Deb talk about it, I, I almost brought it up, but the conversation kind of shifted at that point. But, you know, you never know who's watching and people are watching, right? Like, like as a parent, those of you that have children, you, you probably have, have noticed this where there's occasions where your kids do something. You're like, where the hell did they figure that out? Or where did they hear that? Or where did, and it's, it's us, right? Like it's me. Addison does things like, where did, where did that go? Oh yeah, that's me. She's paying attention. She's watching, right? Sometimes they're good things. Sometimes if, eh, eh. Maybe not so much, but you know, she's always watching. She sees me run. She sees Rebecca run. And, and even if she's not at the point where, you know, she, she is out there just galloping away. Um, no doubt she's, she's watching, she's observing and maybe just, maybe she's being inspired and, you know, people in the neighborhood, people in the community, people online, um, people are watching. And even if, if we think you think, I think that we're nothing worth you know, there's, there's people out there doing more, better, whatever we want to call it, that are, that are more inspiring than we are. You know, how many, how many times have you looked at an Olympian and been inspired by him? I'm like, yeah, like maybe they have a great story, but have you ever thought you could do that? I mean, I, maybe you have, I, I don't very often look at Olympic athletes of any sport running or otherwise and be like, oh, I could do that. But somebody who's maybe a little bit faster or a little bit more advanced or, or whatever, a little bit more, but within, within the realm of reach, those people are inspiring to me more so than the, than the elites of the elites. And again, I, I, I don't always think of that in terms of how people may be looking at me and going, I see what he's doing and maybe I could do that as well. Maybe I'm inspiring to other folks, just like other folks who have no idea that they inspire me are inspiring to me. So I guess somewhere, somewhere in all that, it was my takeaway of just, just remembering or just being aware that people are watching. And, and even if I, we sometimes downplay my own success or my own growth or my own progress within the sport, other people are watching it and maybe just maybe they're being encouraged and inspired to, to do more themselves or to, to push themselves a little bit more. And I don't know. I mean, it's, it's a little weird to think about, but it's also pretty cool. It's also pretty cool. And Deb got to experience that after her, her race, people coming up to her, you're inspiring to me. And, uh, whether anybody ever says it or not, I bet we're all inspiring to other people as well. So keep inspiring, folks, as I guess, as I guess what my takeaway is, um, and maybe just maybe saying that out loud so that I can hear it myself. But that was my takeaway. What about you? What stood out to you from today's episode? If you're willing to share it, as always, I'd love to hear it. At DizRuns on Twitter, at DizRuns on Instagram, DizRuns at gmail.com. If you want to shoot me an email, and of course, if you want to head over to the show notes for today, a couple of photos of Deb, links to everything we talked about as well. Uh, and of course, there's that comment section down at the bottom of the page, disruns.com slash 1186. We'll get you back to the show notes for today's episode, disruns.com slash 1186. One last call to get in the giveaway. I mean, one last call for today. I'm going to mention it again in a future episode, in a future episode, in a future episode. But the longer you wait, the longer your odds get. So you might as well get yourself entered into the giveaway today, now, right now. If you haven't done so already, get yourself over to disruns.com slash giveaway or right on the homepage, disruns.com. Either way, your name ends up in the same place, which is in front of the random number generator. And maybe, just maybe, hopefully, hopefully, you'll get picked next month and we'll have an opportunity to work together. Uh, so get yourself entered, disruns.com slash giveaway. And with that, we'll go ahead and wrap this one up, y'all. Thanks for the time. Thanks for the attention. Thanks for taking Deb and I with you today. Until next time, y'all, be well. Take good care. Thanks again for listening. And uh, we'll talk soon, all right? Later, y'all.